0: Your goal is to create happy customers who mm-hmm. then create other happy customers. So congratulations. Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have We're selling, going, going, gone. So congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next six months? Hello, everyone. So guys and girls, tonight's topic is an important topic. And the reason why is I know that words change lives. And I know that words have changed my life. Words from strangers have changed my life. Words from friends have changed my life. Words from a podcast have changed my life. Words from uh, an audiobook have changed my life. Words from a spiritual uh, minister have changed my life. Words from my closest friends have changed my life. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that there is someone out there today that's going through pain, anxiety, something horrific in their life. And I would just like to, you know, share with you, I've walked down that path. I've been through suffering. I've felt pain. I've felt loneliness. And, um, and I'm just going to go through um, the plan, the blueprint, and the things I did and the people did around me to actually... Uh, reignite my reality with life and move things around. So the first thing I'll say to you is that please understand and accept that shit's going to happen to you if it hasn't happened already. And when it does happen, it will happen in an instant. And bad things happen in an instant. That phone call in the middle of the night from a loved one. The car accident that happens within a second. The diagnosis where the call comes in from a doctor that says they'd like to see you straight away into their office. What I'm saying to you is this, bad things happens in an instant and good things take time. Remember that. And when I, thank you Jay for your comments. Um, and when I say that, I say that because when you look at your life, whether you're building a business, whether you're building an investment portfolio, whether you're building a rent roll, if you're in real estate it is, whether you're building um, you know, the perfect physique, all these things take time. So good things take time. And bad things happen in an instant. And I'm going to say to you that... Um, In your lifetime, you will have people around you or yourself that will have a crisis. And you have to factor in fuck-ups in your life. Because when you factor these in, they won't hit you for a six. Um, The next thing I was going to say to you is that um, my experience is when something bad happens that we fall into what's described beautifully in the book, Option B, by the COO of Facebook. And I forget her name. But she beautifully describes the three P's. So listen to me very carefully. The three P's say that when you have something that happens to someone that you love in your family or your friend, a bad diagnosis, you're losing someone, someone dies, The three P's come into play, and what the three P's do, and I'll run through each one of them. The first one is that you personalize it. And what you do is you start saying to yourself, why did it happen to me? You also say to yourself, what could I have done differently? You also say to yourself, um, you also have guilt. You, you feel a sense of guilt that there was something that you could have done to change that situation, and in some ways that you are responsible. And um, you know it happens a lot where you know people go with suicide, and people say, you know, maybe you know, how couldn't I tell that that sign then? Or maybe if I'd done that, it wouldn't have happened. Um, or um, um, I should have been there. So they personalize it. That's the first thing. The second P is this one. And that is that people make the event pervasive. Listen to me carefully. And when I use the term pervasive, I mean that what they do is they believe that this one event that has happened is actually going to affect their whole area of their life. It will affect Other parts of their life. They believe that it's going to invade everything in their life. So they begin to catastrophize and they awfulize and they put a spotlight and they magnify that on everything in their life. The third thing they do, which is the third P, is that they make it permanent in their head. They believe that this will never get better. And the despair and the grief that they have will remain like that forever. And it doesn't. I'm not saying things go back to normal. But permanence in that moment of grief does not happen. It changes. Things start to move forward and things get better again. So let me run through those three P's. They personalise, they permanent it, and they they believe it becomes pervasive. Um, The second thing I want to talk to you, by the way, I'd love you to share this because I believe that this can change someone at the moment. The second thing is that, um, and in the same book, Option B, they discuss the support group. The support group's very interesting because if you actually think of a circle and then draw another circle around that circle and another circle around that circle, what actually happens is that the closer the person is to the person that's in the grieving situation, they become that person that's closest to them. And then that person that's closest to them in that circle, then when you go out to the next circle, that person actually provides support to the person in the next circle. So what you're seeing is that this circle in the center and then each circle around there is another layer of people that are connected. And what happens is that The person that's in the center of the circle is the one that needs the most support. That person next to them goes in for support, providing it, and then they go out getting support from another person in the outer circle. Um, And I have to say to you, and I don't, I I rarely, you know, single out people um, by name. Um, But I have to say that the two times that I've been diagnosed with lymphatic cancer, you know, six and 2016, um, I've been fortunate to have great people around me. And it's interesting that one of the persons that I had around me is not even a relative, John McGrath. He, um, uh, and I'm not gonna go into detail, but uh, what he has done And most significantly in recent times, last year, we're talking about um, daily contact and also saying what needed to be said each time. And um, the whole time, all he would use was the term, we, we, we. And in many ways, when you have someone like that, what they're doing is that um, they're able to see past your fake smile and they can feel your inner pain. And um, all I'm gonna say to you, that one of the most important things, guys and girls, that you can do, is that if there is someone in pain, the last thing you do is, you don't do what some people do, and is that they don't know how to communicate with these people, they're scared. Like when someone gets diagnosed with cancer, They stop contact with them because they actually don't know what to say. I'm saying to you that this is the time that you need to actually be there for people. And I'm going to talk to you briefly on what not to say and listen to me very carefully. These are the things not what to say to someone. Like for me, you know, when I I got diagnosed in 06, I want you to understand, picture this. I'm sitting there, I'm with a counsellor at the hospital and the counsellor says to me, I know how you must be feeling. So that's the first fucking bullshit I don't believe. You don't even fucking know me. You don't have cancer. So when you say to me, I know how you must be feeling, I don't believe you. That's the first thing. Actually, by the way, that was a fucking session that was, guess what I was given? Here I am. I've been diagnosed an hour before that, officially. I'm sitting with a counsellor and the counsellor has just pulled out some brochures from a shelf and one of the books is how cancer and chemotherapy will affect your sex life. Like, fucking seriously. Is that my fucking biggest priority when I've been given a fucking shit five-year fucking survival rate? Seriously. It was like someone's fucking going through some checklist saying I've given him the brochure on how it's going to affect his sex life. So the other thing that you don't say to people... And I'm doing this, guys and girls, because you're going to have friends and family. They're going to get a illness, and they're going to need your support. The other things that you do not, you do not say to people is this. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You do not say that to them because, again, the person says, how the fuck do you know? Who are you? God? So you do not say that. Because you won't lose credibility. And this is what you definitely don't say. Get ready for this one. You've got to be positive. Well, hello, don't tell me what I've got to be. Tell me how I'm going to do it. You've got to be positive. You don't say that. We fucking know that. The person knows that. The issue is they can't. And the last thing is, please, very listen very carefully. You do not say, well, you don't disappear. You don't disappear. And when I say that, I think a lot of people disappear, not because they want to, but they actually don't know how to react to that person. So let me actually tell you what you should say and how you should act. Listen to me very carefully what you should say and how you should act. And it's the most honest response and it's the one that you feel the most. Listen carefully. This must be very, very challenging for you at the moment. And I don't know how it's going to turn out. But what I can tell you is we are in this together and I have your back and I'm in your corner and I'm here and we are going to do everything we can because I'm with you. So the terms that you are using is we. People love that, that you're with them together. You acknowledge that it is challenging for them. You do not act as if you know what it is. And most importantly, this, that you're in their corner. And you'll even say, I don't know how it's going to pair now. Because that's an honest answer. And people will feel trust because what you're saying is logical. Jack's just asked, where do I live? I'm not going to give you the exact address, Jack. Sydney. Um, now, can I just say to you, um, by the way, guys and girls, um, if you haven't pressed that share button, please press it now. It matters to me to make an impact on people that not only you know, want to be good and do better, that people that are broken and want to get fixed. Things that you do. The first thing I'll say to you is at the moment, if you're in pain, if you've got some issues going on, listen very carefully. Learn this technique. If there's something that you can do about it, do. If there's nothing you can do about it, you can let go. And the reason why is that there's nothing that you can do about it. So either way, you can actually reduce your worry dramatically because what you've done is taken the locus of control from you by being able to say, if there's something I can do, I'm going to do it. If there's nothing I can do, I can't do it. So there is no point worrying, let go. And let God. I used to go to bed at night. By simply saying. The following. God. It's your shift now. I'm going to sleep. Other things that I urge you to do. If you're in a situation like this. At the moment. Is this. Exercise. Exercise. I have to say to you, there would be very few days last year, this is chemotherapy, radiation, and I had my stem cells taken out. So I went through a process where I was self-injecting, stimulating stem cells. So there were times where I sat in the gym looking like I was shooting steroids, but I was actually you know, sticking needles into my stomach to stimulate the stem cells that were going to come out. Um, So there would be very few days I did not exercise. At worst case scenario, I would walk around the Bay Run. In the day, I would take the day off work and I would walk around the Bay Run. And um, it made a big difference. And I'm gonna tell you right here, right now, guys and girls, exercise has been proven in mental health, depression and anxiety to have a remarkable reduction on depression and anxiety on patients in trials. So I urge you all to actually make exercise habitual and part of your life. The next thing I was doing is I was reading and listening to spiritual books. Um, And the reason why is that I believe that some problems on this planet cannot be sorted by science and that there is a spiritual solution to nearly every problem. And I would read and listen to books by Wayne Dyer, or Dyer, who's passed away. And um, the other thing I would do is I actually wrote to people. So people that are on my rant here know that I actually wrote to them that worked with me. And I said, guys and girls, this is what's happened to me. And um, this is um, what I'd like uh, my communication to be with you going forward. And I actually set rules where I basically said, I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I don't want you to jump to conclusions, I'll be giving you an update with how my treatment goes and how I'm responding. And I'd always like you to leave with something optimistic if we're interacting. So uh, gang, train people on how that you want them to work with you, exercise, read and listen to spiritual books. And most importantly, always remember, let go of what you can't control and do what you can and let go and let God. I want to move on to the day it all changed for me. So as I sat there one day at the chemo ward, a chance meeting with someone who said the following things. He said, Tom, never be so myopic to think that you're the only person on this planet that has ever been given this unique circumstances and unique problems. There have been millions of people on this planet ...prior to you, there will be millions of people on this planet after you, don't ever, ever feel you're the only person with this fucked up situation. The minute you're able to realise that in the thousands and thousands of years and in the millions and millions and millions of people that you are just one person and that many have had tragedies and problems and diseases and loss of loved ones that far exceed your situation there. And it helps you to understand that you should not be a victim by you sitting there thinking to yourself, Why did this happen to me? So it changed my whole perspective. And always remember, the way you view the problem is the problem. And the minute the way you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Gang, My final comments before I finish this rant is that today after a decade of a roller coaster of going from the heights of exhilaration to the depths of depression and back to exhilaration again, what I can say to you is the following. And Buddhists know this better than anyone else that life is suffering. And as Ryan Halliday says it, the obstacle is the way. And that is that you must accept that when things are good, they won't stay good. And when things are shit, they won't stay shit. And that life basically is going to throw a lot of shit at you. And the person that goes into the storm is the different person that comes out of the storm. And that's the point of the fucking storm. Guys and girls, God bless. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday Night Rant Every week at 8 30 pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next.